From interviews and investing to careers and credit, we've got you covered. Wallet Watch is a podcast brought to you by MSU Federal Credit Union and OU Credit Union. We'll be interviewing industry experts, sharing personal stories, and even playing some fun games, delivering financial topics in an enjoyable and interesting way. I'm one of your hosts, Jessica. And I'm Amanda. We're so glad you're here. Welcome back, Wallet Watch listeners. We are kicking off episode two of season seven. Today, we are going to be spending some time talking about the importance of a financial wellness day. Yes, Jessica, I'm really excited to talk about this topic today. Obviously, we get to talk about finances and personal finance as financial educators all the time. But I did want to share a statistic to capture why this topic is relevant and remains very important. So the American Psychological Association did a survey in October of 2021 called Stress in America. And if you go on the website, you can look at all these different results. But the really interesting thing is they captured the significant sources of stress across 2019 through 2021 and money was the second top stressor all three of those years it increased a little bit it was at 60 percent in 2019 it went up to 64 percent in 2020 obviously the pandemic happened during that year and then it came down a little bit in 2021 to 61 percent yeah 61 percent is huge i mean that's over half of all of us that are out here listening to this podcast and out in the world that we stress about money. I think money is one of the most stressful things, you know, pandemic or not. Money kind of runs the show, right? We have to have money to pay our bills, to buy groceries, to do all of those things. And even enjoy life, we have to have money. We want to take a vacation. We want to do something fun. It all it all revolves around being able to have that one source, and that's money. And I think the other thing, too, is that everyone has a different relationship with money. Everyone has a different level of financial education that they have received. So it's not an even playing field at all from person to person when it comes to the relationships or even the level of understanding that everyone has with money. Absolutely. I mean, growing up, my parents didn't really teach us about money. We weren't really involved with the finances. They were ones that never used debit cards. They never used credit cards. And a lot of that I learned in my adult life myself. And being in the position I'm in, I'm thankful. We are financial educators. We are on the cutting edge. We understand these things. We know these things. But We know that there are so many people out there that don't have any of this knowledge or this education. So that's why, you know, people ask, do you love your job? And I I absolutely love my job because I get the opportunity to go and teach youth and adults things that we never got the chance to learn. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I don't really remember learning a whole lot about money in my years of education, K through 12 education I received, and then in college too. We we didn't talk about it unless you're studying finances when you get to learn all these different topics. Every other major in college 
doesn't have a requirement to take any personal finance courses. For our listeners, let's kind of break down what it would look like to start creating a spending plan or a budget. Absolutely. I think the first thing in that is, you know, looking at all of your sources of income. Do you have a full-time job? Are you working part-time? You know, some of us out here have side hustles, whether you're working DoorDash, you know, shopping for Shipped. You know, a lot of people have side businesses that they do on the side on top of that. So I think it's looking at everything that you have as a source of income. You know, if you're a college student, are you getting, you know, support from your family? You know, are you maybe somebody who's not working and not old enough to have a job and you're listening to our podcast and maybe you earn chore money? I mean, that still is counted as income. Yes. And I think it's important to distinguish and know the difference between that regular income and extra income that might be happening. So if you do have a job where you're working overtime, maybe not counting that as a regular source of income because it could not be regular. Like it's great to have the extra income and we'll talk a little bit later too, maybe about what to do with those times when you have extra income. But when you're creating that spending plan, just really focusing on what is regular, what is the income that you can count on monthly or bi-weekly or even weekly. Once you have figured out your source of income, then I think it's really time to dive into your expenses. You know, looking at those things that you pay every single month, we like to refer to those as our fixed expenses. So what do you pay for rent or a mortgage payment? Do you have a car payment, utility bills, stuff like that? What are those regular bills that you pay um, on a monthly basis? And then also looking at your variable expenses. So variable expenses can be expected or unexpected, which it's hard to kind of see those coming in the future, but just keeping that in the back of your head that unexpected expenses happen. But variable expenses are ones that are going to change from month to month. The cost of the actual item or product is going to be fluctuating, like the cost of gas, it changes every day. The cost of food is changing and shifting a lot, but it can also vary on how much you use of it. So again, gas, if you're not driving as much, maybe you're still working remote or hybrid and you're not spending as much on gas as you did previously. Just really trying to track those things and sometimes it might take a few months of keeping track of all of your spending to really get an idea of what are my expenses fixed and variable and how much am I actually spending on all of these things and one thing I think it's important to point out Amanda is that when you are working on your expenses being honest with that I think a lot of times when we are going through and calculating our expenses, we underestimate. Whenever I am out in the community and I am talking about budgeting or kind of those spending plans, I always like to point out there was a point in time where I love to go to Bigby Coffee. Bigby Coffee, you know, when you go, it's about $5 a cup of coffee. And if you're going three or four times a week, that's $15 to $20 a week times four weeks in a month. That's almost $80 a month in coffee I was spending. And when I was looking at my budget, I'm like, why am I coming up short? 
I could not figure it out. And then when I was like, okay, let me look at this through my financial educator lens. And I looked through my budget and I realized I was spending so much on coffee. So I think just making sure that you don't underestimate and you're being very honest with yourself when it comes to your spending. I like that. I definitely recommend that. And I also think to being as specific as you can when it comes to all of the different spending categories that you have. A big thing in my life that I'm kind of shifting and trying to learn to be more specific is actually budgeting in for the pets that I have. So not only do they have monthly expenses that are fixed, you know, they typically eat about the same amount of food. I have a dog that's on medication. The medication she takes is the same, same price. Also kind of those variable or unexpected expenses. Am I putting things into my budget to save up for when I have to take them to the vet for regular checkups or if there's emergencies that happen, do I have money that I'm putting aside for that? Which kind of leads us into savings and putting savings into your spending plan. I think making savings one of your bills is the most important thing you can do. It's that whole philosophy of paying yourself first. You know, if you put savings down at the top of your list of bills, and then when you go to pay everything out of your check, and what you have left over is what you have to live off of. And think about it, you already have money in your savings versus you have all your bills written out, you pay all your bills and you look at what's left over and you're like, ugh, I really don't wanna pull money from that to put into my savings. I really want this to live off of. It's just almost kind of tricking your brain into creating that as a bill, making it a priority. Like you just said, when those unexpected variable expenses or things come up or those emergencies come up, you're a little bit more prepared and you can maybe lean on your savings account to help you out instead of maybe like a credit card. Yeah, exactly. And I think too, another really important part of creating your spending plan that doesn't really have to do with the numbers and figuring out all of these lists, but is connecting your reason for why you want to focus on a spending plan or a savings plan and figuring out what goals you have. So it could be paying off debt. It could be having money in emergency savings or It could be having money to spend on fun things that create an enjoyable life for you. Maybe traveling is something that you want to focus on. And I think having that strong reason why this is important and why you want to focus on spending and saving more intentionally will help you keep you grounded when it comes time to actually do the day-by-day habits and keep you focused and keep you motivated to stick with the plan that you've created. Absolutely. And I think the word budget gets a bad rap. You know, whenever I talk about it, I always like to say, you know, creating a spending plan or creating a budget is really empowering you to be able to spend your money on the things that you want to spend your money on. And obviously we have those needs and wants, right? And the needs have to be taken care of before the wants. But if you can get into the mindset being intentional with your spending, looking at it as a way of you're empowering yourself instead of a way of restricting yourself, it really can help you take that next step from going to budgeting, feeling like a daunting thing to feeling like an empowered thing and going, wow, like I can't afford that trip that I want to take. 
or I can afford to put that extra money in my savings and and get excited about it. Yes, I agree too. And I think when you look at it in those terms, it feels a little bit less stressful. You maybe not feel as bad, you know, being able to pay those bills and paying those things on time. Do you have any suggestions for our listeners? Say you get through that process of making your list of your income and you make your list of all of your expenses and you do that typical budget math equation where you take your expenses and subtract it from your income. What do you do if that number is negative? If that number is negative, I think it's time to go back and look at your expenses. If that number is negative, you are spending more than what you're making. And that's a very vicious cycle to get into. And it's a really hard cycle to break and get out of. So my recommendation on that is truly going back and looking at those expenses. Do you have a gym membership? Do you have Netflix? Do you have Hulu? Do you have Disney Plus? Are those things that you use on a regular basis? My prime example that I gave you earlier with the coffee. I mean, if that's not truly something that I could afford, how do I learn to make coffee at home for a fraction of the cost versus going to Big B and spending $80 a month in coffee? You know, it's just kind of going through. And I think sometimes we sign up for things or we enter these contracts for something as small, right? It's like XM radio or OnStar for our vehicle. Do we really need those things? You know, do we really need Netflix, Hulu, and Disney Plus and all of those things? Or are those things where we can go, maybe I can cut some of those expenses. Maybe some of those things truly aren't that important to me and really kind of reel that in and get you back into maybe even like a break even spot where your budget's kind of breaking even, you're kind of living paycheck to paycheck, and then maybe trying to continue to adjust those expenses some and eventually work your way towards being in the positive. And I think too, the way that we've spent money over the years has been impacted by technology, right? So I remember when I was younger, a lot more cash was being passed back and forth or my mom had a checkbook and it went to the grocery store, it was grocery time. We gotta fill out that check and we've moved to debit cards and credit cards and we've even moved towards those non-touch payments, Google Pay, Apple Pay, Samsung Pay. And it can be really, really easy just to tap and pay and really have a disconnect that that money is actually being spent because you're not physically seeing it. So one of the things that I really, really like that if you are a member at MSU Federal Credit Union is the e-alerts that we have. So you can literally sign up and receive text messages or emails. You can get a text message or email every single time money is being spent on that card. Or you can, if that's too much for you, you're like, oh, I don't want a gazillion text messages coming in and seeing all my spending. You can also set it up for an amount of threshold. So it can let you know how much money is left in your accounts or letting you know what kind of spending patterns are happening. Absolutely. I use e-alerts myself and I get a text every morning with my daily balance and it just helps because I was old school for a while. I didn't use the checkbook, but I would still use the checkbook register and write down every time I made a debit card purchase. But 
you know, there was a point in my life before I became a financial educator that I didn't really know how to balance money. And I had overdrawn my account twice. And I learned from that. I was like, from here on out, I need to know. I mean, and I balanced my checkbook to the penny on a consistent basis to make sure that I was not going to ever overdraw it again. Yeah. And I think the other thing too is sometimes I know myself in the past, I've felt this when payday comes, you're excited because you get paid, but then you're like, oh, I have to pay all of my bills. And it can be it can really dampen your mood sometimes, especially if you're not in the mindset of, you know, be feeling more empowered and feeling more in control of your finances. It can feel really draining to have to go in and actually send all of your money out. And I like that you can automate your payments as well too. Signing up for like a bill payment system and having it be automatically taken care of. It can be helpful to maybe just focus on, okay, all my bills are paid. I didn't have to go in and actually look at them and see the money leaving my account, but I can go in and look at my account and see what I have left. Okay, this is what I've got to work with. Get my savings put aside first, take care of my future self, make that important, and then look at what I have left and decide intentionally what I'm going to spend that on before that next income hits my account. I think that's super important, Amanda. You know, I'd like to share a statistic that was put out by magnifymoney.com, and that's five out of 10 of Americans have less than $1,000 in a savings account. You know, and given money being one of the top stressors amongst Americans, I think it's super important that, you know, we try to level the playing field and get financial education resources out there for individuals and teach them the importance of saving. So maybe we can see that number go up. Yes, I definitely agree with you 100%. And that number is shocking, but not shocking. I don't know. I just think of how devastating it is for so many people and how individuals can get, individuals and families can get caught in that vicious cycle if an unexpected expense happens and they don't have that money in a savings account, where are they going? What are they doing to try and pay for those things? And it can be really damaging to your credit score if you're always relying on loans or credit cards in those emergency situations. So on the flip side, really trying to focus on shifting your spending plan, make savings that priority so that when those things happen, you have money set aside and you can be a little bit more empowered to control that situation or it wouldn't be as so damaging to your own finances. Absolutely. I really love all the things that we've talked about today. I know Jess, you and I get to talk about this stuff all the time. We get to do that in our jobs, which is excellent. But one of the things that I've always kind of thought about is we're going out in the community and we're often saying the exact same things we've already talked about today, giving people lots of really great ideas on getting motivated to create that spending plan, making some changes with your spending habits. And how can we do that? We're, people are busy. You know, mo a lot of people, if you have a full-time job, you're working 40 hours a week. If you're a student, you're in college classes, you're studying families that have children, they're in school and sports and 
a lot of times I think this really important finance planning gets pushed to the wayside or you try and figure it all out in between all of those things, which I think contributes to it being one of those top stressors. For sure. I think being able to sit down and have some dedicated time to be able to spend, to review things, to go over things, almost like a financial checkup day. Yes. So I love TED Talks. And so Jess, you know that I am on that website looking at different TED Talks. And we found one that's really great. Wendy De La Rosa had a TED Talk and she is a behavioral scientist and she talks about this idea of having a financial wellness day and we really wanted to share some ideas and share this information out there because if you can take the time to pause from all of the other responsibilities that you have and really set up a space where you can be calm and focused and prioritize some of these financial aspects of your life. Then you have the opportunity to, I think, really take charge and really work towards, you know, empowering yourself when it comes to your finances. All right. So say you're able to arrange your schedule and be able to create one of these days to focus on your big financial picture. Jess, what are some things that you can plan to work on or focus on during this day off? Absolutely, Amanda. I think the first thing is going to be, I'm going to take a look at my expenses. You know, really trying to figure out what am I spending my money on monthly? And I think that will kind of allow you to see what am I paying for car insurance? Should I maybe evaluate or shop around to see if I can get a better rate? You know, what am I paying for rent? You know, if you're if you're renting an apartment or a house and maybe your lease is coming up, maybe instead of just renewing, maybe you should consider looking around to see what's out there. See if you can get a little bit more bang for your buck. I think, you know, one more thing is also looking at, you know, what am I spending on my cable, my internet, all of that stuff and see if switching might be able to, you know, save a little money in your budget and maybe give you a little bit more money in your pocket. So I definitely would say to start with your expenses. Yeah, I like those suggestions and it can be really stressful or tricky to try and research those things out when you are working during the week or you're in classes during the week. There's a lot of things that we juggle on our plate. So having that day to be able to do it and maybe get it all done in one day. Absolutely. I mean, I think if you can take a day and it's you're going to dedicate it to your expenses, you know, to really getting you in a better financial position, that's when we can make those phone calls. You have the time to maybe sit on hold or maybe have the time to chat with a representative online because a lot of times when we want to go make those calls, it's the weekend and they're not available anyway. Yes, exactly. Besides expenses, what is another area of focus for your wellness day? I think after looking at expenses, I would definitely consider looking at your debt, you know, looking at any loans that you have, credit cards that you have, and really dive in. You know, do you know what your interest rate is on your credit cards? Do you know what that balance is? Have you ever sat and looked at a statement and really digested what are you paying in interest each month? When you can sit down and and write all of that out on a piece of paper, I'm old school, so I definitely have like my pen and paper. 
But for me, writing all of that out, it it's the real deal. I'm able to look through, see what my interest rates are, see what my balance is. And then for me, I can then really focus and zero in on my budget to really come up with that plan to tackle that debt. Yeah. And I think another thing too, when it comes to your debt is looking at the due dates that you have on your loans. A lot of times people might think that the dates that they give you are fixed. And I've heard of people, you know, struggling because they have a due date that's a little bit after they get paid or if they're kind of waiting for that income to come in. So maybe using that date also to call and say, hey, can I move this due date where it makes sense a little bit better? It fits better within that income that is going to be paying that bill. Absolutely. I think back to when you and I worked in the call center before we became financial educators. I mean, if you think about how many phone calls did we take as loan officers in the call center of people going, I was assigned this due date of the second at the dealership, but it really fits better in my budget to be the 20th every month. Can I change that? And and it's absolutely a thing. And I just don't think people realize that you can change those due dates. And sometimes that just in itself can really make a huge impact on your spending plan or your budget each month. The next thing I wanted to kind of talk to you about, Amanda, is how do we pay down that debt? Yes, absolutely. Because it's it's one thing to know what you owe and what your interest rates are, but then taking it to the next step and creating that plan for paying those back. You know, one thing that when we're out in the community and we are presenting to groups and stuff, I love talking about the snowball effect, which I'm I know you're kind of passionate about as well, because I've seen you present on it before. But figuring out a way to kind of pay off debt and how it kind of works for you. Um, one of the ways I wanted to share today is called the snowball effect. So basically what you're going to do is you're going to write out all of your debts, write out all of your debts, write out those balances and identify the smallest debt that you have and pay a little bit of extra each month on that smallest debt until it's paid off. And then once that's paid off, you take that little bit of extra you were paying and that money that you were paying for that payment each month and you put it on your next smallest debt and you work on getting that one paid off. And then when that one's paid off and you're gonna do the same thing, you're gonna take all that money that you were paying on that last debt and put it on your next smallest debt. So really, as you can see, it, it kind of is the snowball effect of going on and paying that off. So just being able to list out all of your debts, you know, make the minimum payments on all of your debts, but one, pay a little bit more, and then just continue that cycle of paying each one of them off. And I think that's a really fun way to consider paying off debt because you can almost kind of turn it into a game. Yeah. And then if you're able to, you know, say your first debt that you want to tackle and try and pay off first is a smaller one and you're able to do it within six months or a year, you can really feel that momentum building and you can really see the progress that you're making versus trying to pay a little bit extra on all of your debts across the board. It's going to not look like you're making as much progress. Absolutely. And I think sometimes we have to almost trick our minds into working towards paying one off little by little, because like you said, it builds that momentum. It builds that positivity, almost like you're, hey, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm paying off my debt. 
it feels better as opposed to just feeling more exhausting of like I'm paying a little bit extra each month, I, but I never feel like I'm getting ahead on anything. Do you think you would suggest the snowball if say you had a debt and it wasn't the smallest balance that you owe, but maybe one of the debts that you have, you have an interest rate of like 30% or higher? No. So that one we would definitely want to look at or consider a different way of paying off debt. And that one we like to call the avalanche effect. So with the avalanche, it's going to be similar to the snowball effect, but you're going to go through and you're going to identify and write out all of your debts. This one, we want to look at what is the debt, how much is the balance, and then we want to look at the interest rate, right? Because interest rate, you know, the higher the interest rate, the more you're paying in interest. So with that, you want to identify your debt that has the highest interest rate. Okay, so once you've identified that one, you're going to make the minimum payment on all of the other debts except that one with the highest interest rate. So that one is the one you're going to pay a little bit more extra money on each month. And so when you get that one paid off, then you'll take all of that money and you'll put it on the next lowest interest rate, I would say. So then that way, instead of paying it down by the amount of debt, we're paying it down based on how high is the interest rate. So that one, I think, um, can be a little bit better for somebody who's got a lot of credit card debt. And, you know, when you go to sit down and you write out all of these debts, and if you are somebody that has a lot of store cards, I think you're going to be very taken back by the fact that these store cards range anywhere from 25% to upwards of 30%. And that's astronomical. Yeah, and it's a big difference. And just thinking about the amount of money that you can save over time by not paying all of that interest can be really impactful to your budget in the future. Absolutely. I mean, I think about what we do at the credit union every single day is we are always trying to save our members money on interest. And, you know, why pay more in interest when you don't have to? Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, sometimes we have store cards and people utilize them because they need them, right? Or maybe it's their favorite store or where they do a majority of their shopping and they get the best discount. So we're not saying that, you know, store cards are bad. You know, just when you find yourself in a place when you're trying to take back that debt on this financial wellness day, I think kind of considering the interest rate and how to pay that off. Because before I became a financial educator, I didn't know how to pay off debt. I'm like, just like you had said before, Amanda, I pay a little bit of extra each month on all of my debts. And I never felt like I was getting anywhere. And then when I tried the snowball effect and the avalanche effect, you know, the very first time myself personally, it really gave me a different outlook, um, a different insight on my debt. Yeah. And the other thing too, is once you get, especially the credit card debt, once you have your credit cards paid down and you have that open availability of your credit limits, that's going to boost your credit score a little bit and make it stronger. Absolutely. You know, I know today we're focusing a little bit more on like spending with intention and stuff, but definitely, you know, the quicker you can pay down credit card debt, you know, not applying for a bunch of credit cards at one time. Those are all going to be some really good ways to empower your credit because your credit can affect so many things. Jobs, renting a house, cell phone bills, car insurance. It can affect so many things. Loan approvals, interest rates that you'll pay. I think, you know, using that day to create that debt plan and that debt repayment action plan is a really great thing. 
I also heard just about this idea of kind of redesigning your online environment. So we all have email. Most of us have it coming right to our phone. And pretty much any place that you buy things online, they want you to put your email address in when you're checking out. And then often you subscribe to receiving sales and different announcements and newsletters. And those can be really tempting when they come into your inbox. I know I am in the habit of kind of deleting emails on my personal email every day. And when I see those things coming in as, oh, they're having a really big sale here. They are only having this sale for, it's like a flash sale for two days or 24 hours. It can be really tempting to want to buy some of those things because you're receiving these emails. So on your financial wellness day, what you could do is set up a second email address and then use that one only to put in when you're buying things online or you're in the store and they want you to add an email address, put it in another email that you're not going to be checking every day, it won't be tempted, or you can go through and unsubscribe to all of those promotional emails and you'll be less tempted to maybe spend outside of the plan that you had because that email came into your inbox. I love that idea. Can't even tell you how many promotional emails I get a day. And I'm like, no, thank you. I'm not shopping today. I'm saving money. I want to go on vacation. <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> but you know, there's times where we're having a tough day or, you know, our emotions, if we are not intentional, our emotions can kind of overthrow the plan that we have. And if we don't have you know, that self-discipline, an email like that could come in and be like, oh, you know what? I'm having a really rough day. Yeah, I am going to buy this for myself and make me feel better. Retail therapy. I think we've all been there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's a good segue, Amanda. You know, it's really good advice and it's a good segue to talk about spending money on happiness. You know, with that financial wellness day, I think one of the biggest things we want our listeners to be aware of is you're gonna empower yourself. We wanna get you in a situation where all bills are paid, there's a little bit of money left over for savings and to live off of. But I think it's also important to talk about, it's okay to spend money on things that make us happy. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think, you know, if you have the time to actually sit down and look at where your money is going, and maybe for me, like I see a lot of my money typically going to random unscheduled trips to the grocery store and it doesn't seem like a lot, you know, 10 bucks here, $15 there, but it adds up over time. And if I'm able to know that that's a habit that I'm in and think about, okay, does that spending make me happy? Is this something that I'm going to have? It's how, what kind of value does this spending have on my life? And reflecting on that and then thinking about what kind of spending has brought in that value into your life. I know for me, I am a dog mom. And so I have a lot of really great memories when I'm with my dogs and taking them on walks and playing with toys with them and, you know, enrichment type of training activities with different treats. And so prioritizing my money and spending on those type of things. And then also, I know a lot of people enjoy trips. So thinking about how much money could you save and put towards a trip or an experience 
that you can have with your friends or your family and have that lasting memories. I think the other thing too is we are all very busy people, right? Most of us have things, a lot of things going on, whether it's studying or working or raising a family. And I think it's also okay to spend on things that will be time savers. So if you're able to value that time or get some of that time back in your life, I think it's okay to spend on those type of things too. For sure. I think you've hit on a lot of a lot of points on that. You know, I think about before when I didn't have a ton of money left over, you know, to be able to spend money on things and stuff like that. And now, you know, being in a position where we can stay for a vacation. Our family loves to take vacation or creating those experiences or those memories. You know, I would much rather spend my money on that kind of stuff versus a ton of subscriptions or, you know, stuff that I don't really utilize. So I definitely think, you know, spending it on, you know, some of the things that make us happy. And I think a lot of times when you feel like you are so working paycheck to paycheck, you don't ever really feel like you have enough left over because maybe you're just spending on, you know, more money on things than what you realize that creates stress. And I think if we think about getting in a position where our money is being spent on the things that we need, having a little bit left over to spend the money on the things that we want, it overall is going to make you feel more positive with life. There's not going to be that money shame. There's not going to be that stress of living paycheck to paycheck, the financial stress, you know, all of that. I think it will be able to alleviate a lot of that. Yeah, I agree. And I think being able to create that day where this is your focus and you're creating those spending plans, you're looking at where the spending's going, looking at your savings plans, creating the goals that you want to pay that debt off. Ultimately, I believe that can help people feel more empowered when it comes to their finances. And one thing I want to point out is that you can't just do this one day and think it's going to be the magic switch exactly. for you. Yes, absolutely. You know, it definitely takes follow-up. I think that's any spending plan. I think that's any budget. I think that's any person that is consistently feeling empowered in their finances is we can't build this beautiful budget, this beautiful spending plan you know, scale back on our expenses, check out our credit card debt, work on paying that off. We can't do that one time and expect that that's just going to be it. You know, Amanda, I know when we are out in the community and we are teaching financial education and we're talking about budgeting, you know, with our high schoolers, with adults, with kids, the one thing that we always put the emphasis on is that you need to do it on a consistent basis. So do you want to tell our listeners what you recommend, like maybe how often they should consider a financial wellness day or how often they should consider checking out their spending plans or their budgets? Yeah, that's a great question. I think it really depends on your personal situation. But if you are able to create that first day to focus on your finances and say you were tackling some of those expenses that happen every month, and you weren't able to get everything done in one day. Figure out, okay, when do I need to revisit this? Is there paperwork that I need to get together to send to these companies to change things? And then plan that next day around when that stuff is due to them. And then I think it's always a good idea to 
have a plan for your money before you get paid. So if you have that plan first, then you'll be able to actually follow through with the plan versus getting paid and then scrambling to figure out what your plan is. So if you're maybe someone who hasn't been as consistent with budgeting, I would say try and revisit it more to create that habit and have it be top of mind. And then maybe once you get into the flow and you feel like you're in control and you understand and you're following through with the plans that you've created, then maybe you only have to look at it not as often. But I think it's always a great idea maybe every couple of months for everyone to go through and have that day to focus on the finances if you're able to take that time off. For sure. I think that's super important. You know, I I love like affirmations and quotes and stuff. There's a quote that I wanted to share with our listeners. It's from Darren Hardy. And it's the slightest adjustments to your daily routines can dramatically alter the outcomes in our life. And I think if we just take a minute and let that sit in and think about all of the things that we talked about today, the importance of a financial wellness day, the importance of having a spending plan and how that can change so much for us. I think about, you know, the slightest adjustments. What do we do in our day-to-day life that can turn into daily habits that can have us working towards, you know, our spending plan kind of being top of mind, paying some down some debt, which is going to improve our credit score. And like overall, I feel like if all of us had time to be able to do that, it's going to dramatically reduce the amount of time we spend stressing about finances. Yeah, thanks for sharing that quote. I really like that. And when you were reading it, I was just thinking about how it is daily self-control. And we always kind of think, oh, this magical thing is going to just like fix this. And it's a big thing that's going to happen. It's going to change my life. But it, it, it doesn't. It's really about the little things that we do every single day that will make a big difference in the overall. For sure. And I think those little things that we do every day, doing them with a little bit of intention is really going to dramatically change things and in a good way. And now it's time for the CU Spotlight. MSUFCU and OU Credit Union have many products and services for our members. We have multiple checking, savings, and loan options. Our checking accounts have what you need. Whether you prefer no minimum balance or earning dividends, we have the perfect account for you. You'll enjoy surcharge-free access to over 30,000 ATMs nationwide. Near or far, we are wherever you are. Our checking accounts also include access to free direct deposit, free bill payment, and free access to your credit score. From standard savings and money market accounts to certificates, we have a variety of dividend paying accounts to fit your needs. Our multiple loan options include personal loans, auto loans, mortgages, and multiple credit card offerings. From low interest rates to tiered benefits, we have the right product for you. If you'd like to find out more or become a member, please visit msufcu.org.
Wallet Watch is written, hosted, and produced by Amanda Khan and me, Jessica Rubio. Our executive producers are Ariana Saldana and Lauren Kolarczyk. Wallet Watch is brought to you by MSU Federal Credit Union and OU Credit Union. You can find more episodes of this podcast at our credit union's website, financial40.org, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in our next episode.